there, I'm Valerie Gras, and you are listening to Textures. Texture is a podcast about art, design, and entrepreneurship. In each episode, I chat with artists, designers, creators, and innovators, the people who add textures to our world. In each episode, you will meet with creative minds, discover their world, their work, and how they made it happen. Texture is an informal and open conversation about living and leading a creative life. Today, I'm meeting with Alex Garnier, founder and designer of Dorman Design in New Orleans. From building his own bed in his backyard to a successful furniture business, Alex will tell us how the rebirth of a city after Hurricane Katrina gave him the energy to fully embrace his passion. Dormine Design Furniture's lines has evolved incredibly through the years. Alex's inspiration is based on New Orleans' historical heritage, but revisited into a contemporary style. Therefore, Dormine Design Furniture's line is very unique and special. Let's learn about Alex's creative and business journey. If you like this episode, do not hesitate to share it with your friends, subscribe, and review the podcast. Let's support our creative community. Hi, Alex. Thank you for accepting my invitation. Hey, Valerie. So can you tell us about how it all started? I mean, you didn't went to trade school, you didn't go to business, business school, or maybe you went, but I don't know exactly. So how did you start it? So the, the journey of, of Doorman Designs has been a, a pretty interesting one. It was never one that I would have ever thought that I would, a path that I don't think I would have ever been on. But my, my story started in 2008. I graduated from college at the University of Southern Mississippi and moved back to my home state of Louisiana. And I got a job here in New Orleans at an, at an advertising and marketing agency. And this was 2008, so it was a pretty interesting time in New Orleans. The economy was crashing on a national level, and it was three years after Katrina. So there was a lot of rebuilding here locally in New Orleans. I moved to this really great apartment uptown in the Carrollton neighborhood, and when I moved in, all of my dorm room furniture from college just... It looked like crap. It was just so ugly. It was, uh, it was depressing. I was in this beautiful old apartment that was from like the 1880s. I was like, this stuff has got to go. I've always been pretty creative and, and, and like to try new things. So I needed a bed and I decided to, to make a bed for myself. And what I did was I took an old door that I salvaged from a house that was flooded in Hurricane Katrina. I found some reclaimed wood, I turned the door on its side, cleaned it up, and I inlaid the panels of the door with decorative metal ceiling tin from an old building on Magazine Street, and it, it turned out pretty good. It was a cool piece. I thought nothing more of it, that I was just going to have it as, as my bed in this great apartment. And shortly thereafter, a friend saw it and was like, hey, will you make me one? I love that. I love that idea. Make one for me. I was like, yeah, sure. I guess I can make one for you. And then I'll, you know, I sold it to her and, and, um, it, you know, again, didn't think I had, had no plans to do anything else with it. Another friend approached me and was like, you should check out this new website called Etsy. 
And I was like, Etsy, how do you, how do you even spell that? And she's like, well, it's this new website for, for artisans and you can make and sell stuff. So I, I, I had an iPhone three and I took some like really crummy pictures of my bed and the other bed that I made for the friend. And I put them on this new site called Etsy. And that literally Valerie within 24 hours, I had sold two more beds to customers. That's amazing. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was like this, it it was just like the most, it was the biggest adrenaline rush. So within 24 hours, I'd sold two more beds, both to people in California. And I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get these beds to to California? And where where are you going to make them? Because I guess your first bed, you just built it in your apartment? I built it in my backyard. And that's where I built a lot of furniture for the next couple of years. So I built these next beds in, in the backyard of my apartment complex. And I lived on the second floor. So... I, I remember I would ride the streetcar home on St. Charles Avenue. I'd ride it home every day after work, and I would run home, and I would bring all my tools down the back stairs and set up in my backyard, and I would run extension cords out the kitchen windows and the bedroom windows, and I would literally just work until the sun went down, until I couldn't see anymore. And every weekend I was working, I was building stuff, and I was selling these beds through Etsy, and I was shipping them all over the country. Eventually I started sending some to Europe and and wow. Australia, and it was this this whole thing. I was making these beds out of old doors, which is where the name Doorman Designs eventually came from. And so from there, I just kept building, designing, experimenting, and I had this great customer base. They would say, hey, we love our bed. Will you make us some nightstands? And I was like, yeah, sure. I don't really know how I'm going to make you nightstands, but I would say yes. I would collect the money, and then on the back end, I would like – scratch my head and figure out how am I going to make this next piece of furniture? How am I going to do this new custom piece? And I would say yes to everything. I would I would figure it out. I had no idea how I was going to do it, but I would figure it out. But did, did you learn with your parents or with your father or grandfather? Because, you know, how did you – you have to be handy. Uh, people, people always ask that and they think that I come from like a, a long, you know, carpentry heritage background, but I, I don't. I've always been really creative and I've always loved art. I've always loved design. I've always loved to paint, sketch. Like that's always, that was always my strongest subjects in school or anything creative. And I, I've always dabbled. So when I was a kid, I didn't, I wasn't really that handy. I didn't do a whole lot of building, but I would tear my toys up. I would take them apart. My parents would get so mad at me because I was always destroying my toys, but I would, I would break them apart just to see how they were built and try to figure out how to put them back together. Yeah, you want to understand the element right yeah just the sort of engineering of it i think i get i think i get a a kind of a mixed combination from my mom and my dad my mom has been in the furniture business for as long as i've been alive she's she's a furniture um, rep and i've gotten to see kind of the back end of the industry through through her and then my dad he's got a really sharp engineering mind so he can build just about anything so i like to say that i've got her side of the brain which is like um kind of business minded and very creative with how to how to design and sell furniture and then i've got his side of the brain that knows how to build it put it together and and construct it properly 
So you can't, you start to sell furniture on Etsy and then it increased. You had a job at that time, a full time job. So you managed to do the furniture at night. And at some point did your furniture making took over? What happened? So like I said, I was, I was in loving my, my new furniture side hustle. I would, I would ride the streetcar home. I would work and I was just constantly building furniture. Any, any waking hour of the day that I wasn't at my nine to five job, I was, I was building furniture. And so eventually I started to, I made more money doing furniture than I was at my nine to five job. So I quit. I quit my job. This was, uh, at this point, it was 2010, 2011. And my parents were freaking out. They were like, you're going to quit your job where you've got the 401k, the health insurance, and you're going to go make furniture out of old doors. In your backyard. <laughs> In your backyard. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And even at that point, they all they saw was furniture out of old doors. My son is crazy. He's lost his mind. But I knew exactly the vision that I wanted to to create. Yeah, you I, knew where you wanted to go. I you knew had... that that doorman designs was not just going to be furniture from doors. And now, flash forward 2019, we're a furniture company that's everything from canopy beds to nightstands, bar stools, dressers, sideboards. It's an entire online marketplace where everything is designed and built here in New Orleans and sold through doormandesigns.com and other e-commerce websites. So I knew back then that this was my was my end goal. I knew I wasn't going to be doing stuff with with doors for forever, but that was my my starting point. So did you have a mentor when you started that helped, you know, someone helped you to figure out the business part of it or just That's that's something that has kind of come in in, in waves as a as a entrepreneur and someone who doesn't have a formal background in carpentry or just running a business. I'm I'm like a sponge. I'm always Trying to have conversations or meet new mentors. I've got some really, some really good friends. I've really surrounded myself with business mentors from here in the, the local New Orleans community. I did the Idea Village back in 2016, which really opened my eyes to a lot of, a lot of different, um, avenues and ideas for how to run a business. They introduced me to some really talented, sharp people. And then I've gotten a lot of, I've, help from my mom and dad, just kind of walking me through, well, this is how you ought to think about that challenge. This is what you ought to think about this. We, um, my mom has been in the business for a long time. So she's, she's seen the industry change quite a bit, especially with, um, the rise of the internet and how people shop differently. So she's been really, really helpful. And then my dad has really helped me with the the logistics of of how to build, how to construct, how to do things properly, how to keep the quality and, and maintain it. So you liked uh, the journey of being self-taught. It was not a challenge to you. It was, it was, you know, I think you enjoyed it. It was definitely a challenge. It's a, it's, it's been a terrifying challenge, but it's this challenge that's like, all right, I've jumped off the cliff and I can land on my back or I can land on my feet. And the challenge is, you know, I'm in I'm midair, I'm terrified, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but 
I've got to land on my feet and I've got to do it right. And so it's exhilarating at the same time. I mean, once you, once you jump off that cliff and you, you are self-employed, you, you're, it's either sink or swim. So I've, I have no choice but to, to figure it out. Failure is never, failure is never anything that I, I think about. Like I don't have a plan B if this business doesn't work out. I, I don't, I don't spend any mental time thinking about what what would happen if I had to go do something else. I just keep going and I'm up for the challenge. We make mistakes as a team. I've made tremendous amounts of mistakes, but I love learning from, you know, yeah, you what learn. happens when things don't go the way I planned. It's, yeah, you it's learn always from a learning it. journey. Yeah. And you have passion and passion is everything. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a really rewarding Business, it's a really rewarding career. I mean, my team and I, we get to make really beautiful creations that people want to to spend money on and put in their homes. I mean, the home is an incredibly private, spiritual, emotional place. So for somebody to want to spend their hard-earned money on our furniture and put it in their their sanctuary is just the most rewarding thing I could ever, ever imagine. So circling back to your journey, so you start to in a backyard, you quit your day job, and then at some point, I guess you had to find a location to produce. So how did you, when was the, when did you decide to find a place and what was the first tool you uh, bought? So my transition from the backyard to my first shop was an interesting one. Um, Building furniture in New Orleans is not easy given our climate. So I was, I was running out of space. I had stuff stacked in my apartment. I had stuff stacked in the laundry room in the backyard. Things were getting wet. It was hard to deal with the rain, um, the humidity. And so I had really just outgrown my, my apartment in the backyard. And so I had saved enough money and my first shop was right on the corner of Magazine and Josephine Streets in the Lower Garden District. And I was in the this tiny little space in the back of a building. And I had so much, I had collected and hoarded so much wood and old stuff that I really didn't have a whole lot of space to work. And so I would actually work on the sidewalk on Josephine Street and I got to meet all the neighbors. And it was a really, those are like the good old days of, of working, working in the Lower Garden District. That's, that was, um, I think that was a really That's special a time for me. Area. But my my um, my first tool was a sander. So I was working with these old doors, and a lot of them were covered in paint. They were covered in grime and mud and dirt. And so the sander was really great because I could you know plug it in, and it would just eat away a lot of the the layers of funk and dirt, and it would reveal this really beautiful old cypress or heart pine. And, um, the sander was like my best friend. I didn't really even, I knew, I mean, of course I knew what a sander was before I started, but I remember the first or second bed that I made, I was, um, I was scraping, trying to scrape off paint in the driveway of my apartment. And this man drove by and was like, you really ought to get a sander. Like you're killing yourself trying to scrape all that paint off. And I was like, oh yeah, a, a sander. That's a that's a great, great idea. Like, how come I, didn't, I feel like such a fool saying that now, but I mean, I literally didn't know what I was doing. And, um, 
So I went and I bought a, a $25 sander from the, from the Home Depot. And, um, that made a whole, whole world of difference. And so over time, every time I would sell a piece of furniture, I would take the money that, that I earned and reinvest it and buy new tools, new tools, new tools, better tools, more tools, hand tools, saws, um, you know, equipment that I could make the next piece better with. And then you hired your first employee. Yeah, 2013, I hired my first employee. His name was Evan. He was a really talented guy. And he and I worked in in our shop on, on Magazine and Josephine Streets. And I would work in the shop or he would work on the sidewalk. And he was really good with like fastening wood together and, and building different concepts. He had a, a lot of, he was really good with joinery. And so that was my, my first employee. And so you moved to other location and now this is a big jump again. Uh, you are, you just bought a beautiful building in Alger Point. Yep. Uh, so it's right by the Mississippi and it's, it's big and it's going to be your new journey. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's another, it's another really cool stepping stone in this journey. After I left the, the magazine street shop, I, I got evicted from that shop. We had like, We were making a lot of noise. We had run out of space. The landlord was like, you've got to go. And I was terrified, but it was, I was so glad that he evicted me because we found another shop in the river bend. And that's been a really, we've been there for four years. And then just recently I bought a building just across the river from downtown on Algiers point on the West bank, the best bank, by the way. Uh, I'm pretty excited about, about being over there right now. I'm, I'm in the process of, of renovating the building and getting it set up. It's about, it's about almost 6,000 square feet. So it's going to be a really great space for us to, to grow into. And what I'm hoping to do with this, this new shop is it'll be a, a much bigger facility. So I also want to have some space for a showroom. We're an online company, so we don't, we don't sell in retail stores. We don't really have a showroom in our current space. And this new shop, I want to set up a a showroom where people can come and not only see the factory and see the furniture being built and meet my team and, and see how things are done, but also see the furniture in progress, but see what it looks like in a styled showroom and see what it yeah, looks like. When the it's final fun. product. Exactly. In- exactly. So I'm really excited. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful space. It's literally right across from downtown. It's right on the river. Um, it's, It's really kind of inspiring to be on the river where literally you see the entire country go by you. I mean, this massive amounts of water, cargo ships, everything that we buy is literally just kind of going on a barge or a carrier up the river. It's a, it's, you know, I think about sort of the spirituality of, of where we are in this new space. Yeah, I've seen the space and it's going to be really beautiful. So going back to your, uh, the line you design or the furniture you design, We just mentioned, you mentioned that in all these years, your, your brand really, really evolved. I mean, you started with, you know, the history, Katrina, uh, um, antique woods, and you don't do that anymore. And you really, um, expand your design horizon far beyond, uh, the, you still have history in your design, but it's not, 
related to Katrina anymore. It's still related to, to New Orleans. So if you can expand on that. Sure. So, I mean, when I got my start, I was at a really vulnerable place in 2018. I was just, or 2008 rather. I was, um, you know, I was out of college. I was new. I didn't really know what I was doing. The city was at a vulnerable place. There was a lot of rebuilding. There was a lot of um, uncertainty for both me personally and for New Orleans. And so I kind of think that both myself and the city grew at the same time. I was using a lot of reclaimed wood. There was a lot of rebuilding going on. There was a lot of materials to work with. And I was using wood specifically from Katrina flooded houses. I was giving these materials new life. Eventually, though, as a New Orleanian, we get tired of talking about Katrina. It was a, it was a dark time in our 300-year history. And so at some point, you have to move past that. And as an artist and a company, we have to move past it as well. We we don't really work with a, a whole lot of reclaimed wood anymore. Now we're working a lot with metals and newer wood. But what we are doing that's still tied to New Orleans is our design aesthetic is very much rooted in the Crescent City. So for instance, we will take a... Um, an 18th century French style canopy bed that was really synonymous with, with French or New Orleans design back in the 1800s. But we've taken that old school design and really turned it on its head. We'll take a, a canopy bed inspiration and add a really sleek modern finish to it, or we'll add brass details, or we'll take inspiration from New Orleans um, kind of Victorian architecture styles in our houses, and we'll design an entire new table out of it. Like our Amelia table is inspired by a lot of like the gingerbread and Victorian wood carving that you see on a lot of our architecture here in the city. And then we've taken that that design aesthetic and created a dining table from it. And I like that because it really makes your um, uh, lines and brand very special. Um, we see a lot of mid-century inspiration. You know, right now it's a big comeback. It's very trendy. But you are not following the trend and you really have a very um, personal and unique style. And I think it's it's really um, an asset for your company. Um, and I want you to talk about the name of your furniture because each name has a meaning. Yeah, so one of the one of the fun processes um, of designing a new piece is at the very end you've got this you've got this piece of furniture that that we've designed and built and you've got to come up with a name for it. So we um, what we do is if you've ever looked at New Orleans on Google Maps, there's all these amazing street names. So every single one of our pieces of furniture is named after a street. So we've got the Josephine bed, we've got the Franklin dresser, we've got the Eleanor, we've got the Annette, we've got the uh, Amelia table, we've got the Bruno table, the Bermuda table. There's all these amazing streets that if you just sort of like zoom in on the map, like the Bywater and the Marigny, the, all those streets are just super um, inspiring. They've got all these quirky quirky avenues and lanes and different, and different areas around town that... Um, I love to scour to kind of come up with our next furniture name. I love this story. I think it's really <laughs> inspiring. <laughs> I think it's great. So what do you like most? You're starting building, but after you went to design. So what do you like 
the most designing building or is or maybe maybe it's a question that doesn't it's make a any combination sense. of both you have to enjoy both processes but i think i think what really really kind of drives me is the design so i'm i'm constantly getting inspiration from things in nature things from around new orleans from different textures Um, and so I will hone in on something that really catches my eye and I will think about it for, for weeks. Like at any given point in my life, I've got probably five to 20 different ideas floating around in my head. And I will then take that initial sort of seed or concept that, that caught my attention and I'll start to design a concept or an idea or a, a, a process for furniture. So I, it, the seed is planted in my head. I'll sketch it out, maybe just in a notepad. And then what we'll do is we'll start coming up with more computerized drawings of how the piece would look. And then we build samples of it. We may do like a little um, 3D model, just a, a tiny little styrofoam or wooden model of the furniture. And then we start to to put it into play and start building the, the life-size version. And again, going back to this being such a rewarding career, there's nothing more rewarding than, than having this initial idea that pops into your head and then weeks later seeing it full size in the flesh in front of you. It's just, it's such a awesome feeling. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, so you mentioned, of course, you selling your product online and you do commercial and residential and you sell practically anywhere. And you just came back last week, you were uh, delivering product from a hotel in Martin's Vineyard. You deliver in Los Angeles. How people find you? I mean, how? What is your marketing um, secret? So Martha's Vineyard was great, by the way. Especially it's it's June here in New Orleans, and Martha's Vineyard weather was just incredible. I was really really happy to to be in low humidity, cool weather, sunny skies. So my background is is in marketing and communications. I went to to school for journalism, and I. When I moved to New Orleans, I was working in, in advertising. So I understand, um, how to, how to get the word out about what you're doing. It's been really crucial to, to us for, for growing and, and, you know, succeeding as a company. Marketing is, is half of the, the battle. And so my, my background is in, in marketing. So we've, we've fine tuned the website to where if you're in Los Angeles or you're in New York and you're looking for a certain type of furniture or you're typing in canopy bed or wooden carved dining table or rustic coffee table, hopefully doorman designs is, is going to come up in your search. So we use a variety of different marketing tactics and strategies to get the word out. And we, we target ourselves to residential customers who are looking for pieces, but we also, um, are working a lot with interior designers like yourself, a lot of commercial properties. So like the, the hotel in Martha's Vineyard, they found us online and we built an entire hotel full of beds for, for their property. Uh, we just recently did some stuff for Soho House Resorts. They're a, an international 
resort company. They opened a new property a couple years ago in Malibu. We did a collection of tables for them. We've done some restaurants in South Carolina. We've done a few hotels here in New Orleans. Um, it's, it's kind of interesting how we, we talk to people from all over the country. We've got work in 49 states. Alaska is the only state that has not <laughs> purchased any of our furniture. So if anyone out there is listening from Alaska, please, uh, please give me do. a call. <laughs> give me a call. We've got furniture on um, every single continent except for Antarctica, of course. And, um, yeah, you sold in Europe and you said as well. We've shipped to, to Spain, to France, to Scotland, England. We've got work in South Africa. Hong Kong. Um, That's fascinating. Yeah, it's, 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 it's wonderful. I mean, your parents, you know, they were freaking out, but I guess now they're very proud of you. Oh, yeah. My mom was, mom and dad were freaking out about eight years ago when I was building furniture and, and threatening to, to leave my day job. And then two weeks ago, mom was like, well, I would love to go to Martha's Vineyard with you. If you need any help, let me know. I can book my own airfare. I was like, all right, mom. So... Um, any advice from young fellow out there who want to start their business? Uh, n not necessarily, you know, furniture business, but any advice you could, you could give to someone who has a creative, um, mind and wants to jump? That's a, that's a great question. And it's, uh, it's hard to answer this question without, without being cheesy, but you just, If you're on the fence, if you've got an idea, if you have this itch that you that you want to try, just do it. Like you're never you'll never figure out whether it worked or not than just to do it. And I think the one thing that that really helped me was I I didn't just come up with this concept and quit the day job. I stuck with the day job. It paid the bills. I was able to eat. I was able to pay the rent. But on the side, I was saving my money. I was hustling. I was working really hard. And I knew that eventually I needed to, to build up enough of a, a cash you know, nest egg to where when I quit and things got hard, that I was going to have a plan in place for surviving. And that's what I did. I saved up my money for a few years and I, I worked really hard during those few years, but I was smart about how to, how to take a risk, but not calculated risk, a calculated risk to where if I did fall on my face, it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt quite as bad. That's so a very good advice. Just try it. I mean, you have nothing to lose. And the worst, I tell people all the time, the worst thing that, that someone is going to tell you is no. That's the worst thing. Like, so what? Someone tells you no, it just gives you more fuel to the fire to go and try it again. I love that. All it takes is one yes. Alex, my last question, if you could do it over, what would you do differently? I would not change a damn thing. Good. I wouldn't, I, there's nothing to change. Like what I can't, I can't harp on the past. I've made mistakes. I've learned, um, you know, we make mistakes every single day, but You learn from it and you just keep going and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I feel like we are literally just um, throwing stuff against the wall and if it sticks, great. If it falls on the floor, you clean up the mess and you just keep Move going. On. Yeah. Well, Alex, thank you so much. That was a 
fascinating to hear about your story. Thanks, Valerie. It's been really fun to be here. Thanks okay. a lot. It was such a pleasure to meet with Alex. Thank you for this open conversation and thank you for listening. If you want to learn more about Dorman Design Business and discover the furniture line, I invite you to visit Alex's website at dormandesign.com and his Instagram page at dormandesigns. If you're not from New Orleans, come visit and meet Alex. Explore all the amazing streets and historic heritage mentioned during this episode. If you like the Texture Podcast, this episode, and you want to support our creative community, do not hesitate to subscribe and share it with your friend. You can learn more about our guests on our Instagram page at textures.podcast. And if you also want to see more, you can go on our website at valerielegras.com slash podcast. À bientôt